Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and I have the privilege of pastoring here at Calvary in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, and we want to welcome everyone that's listening on the East Coast on Hope FM and also in the Midwest on Truth FM and in California, I think you guys in, uh, I want to say Hanford, uh, California, carry Calvary Live. And so if you're listening in from near or far, welcome to today's program. Uh, I just returned from a ministry trip to St. Joseph, Missouri, or as they say in uh, the Midwest, Missouri, and we... I was able to be a part of what's known as the Calvary Chapel Association Midwest Heartland Pastors and Leaders Conference. So it was a, it was hard to put all on the lanyard, but they got it. And uh, we uh, spent a good two days with uh, quite a few men and their wives and some of their elders and leaders, just being encouraged in the things of the Lord, being reminded of the faithfulness of God being built up. And I think there's a message that I've been uh, carrying around uh, in different venues of uh, ministering to leaders. And and the message is, hey, uh, you're not a bad person uh, because you're going through a season of discouragement. Or uh, sometimes that's you're not a bad pastor, not a bad leader, uh, and that God can still use you. And God wants to use you. And as you are able to persevere, or what the Greek word is hupomone, bear up under the load in the strength of the Lord, you'll get through it. And maybe that's just a word from the Lord for some of you. So we're going to be talking to a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Ray Bentley, who pastors Maranatha Chapel in uh, San Diego, California. He's also one of our featured Bible teachers. Now, of course, you guys that work overnight or you're driving home overnight, uh, he's on Monday through Friday here on Grace M at 2.30 a.m., uh, but it's amazing how many people listen to the radio 2.30 in the morning, and and then he's also on Sunday afternoons at 5.30 p.m., uh, so as you guys are heading home on Sunday, so if you would, let's welcome Pastor Ray Bentley to the program. Hello, Ray. Hey, Ed, how are you doing? It's so good to be with you today. Man, it's so good to be with you and, and to talk to you about ministry, and and wow. especially you've got a brand new book out. You titled it On the Mountain of the Lord. Is that true? You got a book out? I do, a brand new <laughs> book. I am super excited about it. Uh, just came out uh, this last month, and when it first debuted, it debuted at number one on Amazon for a new release. And a little, a couple of weeks later, it uh, debuted at number one on Amazon for new release prophecy. So it's doing really good. I'm excited. I can't wait for people to hear about it and read it. 
Now, besides pastoring and overseeing a church and ministering uh, the love and grace and mercy of the Lord, the, that there is a specific uh, way that God has made you and a specific deep love for Israel that he placed mm-hmm. in you. Can you just, as maybe people aren't up at 2.30 in the morning or they, aren't, they, they haven't heard you yet, you know, people, uh, the folks, you guys that are listening, you, you need to realize that the, the legacy and heritage of Pastor Ray Bentley's ministry, when, when I was a new believer uh, back in the early uh, 90s, I, I commuted all over Southern California for my job, and, and I, I listened to a radio station named K-Wave, uh, which Calvary Chapel owns in Southern California, and I just always happened to be on the road later in the evening. I think you're on at seven, seven thirty. Um, yeah. That that you uh, discipled me through the radio for many, many years, and so maybe we'll start with um, you know how you how, how the church started. Um, just kind of bring us up, and then and then talk about this passion for Israel that you have. Okay. Well, wow, that that's great, Ed. I mean, I. I forget it that you have mentioned that in the past, and it really blesses me that, you know, because now here you are with a church, a ministry across the nation doing conferences uh, all over the United States, and now you got your own radio show, uh, let alone your own radio station. So <laughs> uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. God is good. He is faithful to His Word. You know, yes. we started a Bible study in a park here in San Diego in the north part of the county, and... Uh, met in the park for a month, and then we rented a junior high school for about five years, and it kept growing. We had one service, and then, you know, it had a little auditorium with 300 seats or so, and we had to go to two and then three services, and then we moved to a bigger place. And uh, so that that journey started in 1984, mm. um, and now here we are uh, in our own place, and God's given us a school from preschool through high school. We got about a 1,000 students, and mm. Uh, God's just blessed. It's just been awesome. And and was it always um, was it always a a heart for Israel that was birthed very early on in your ministry? Yeah, you know our uh, our pastor, yours and mine, Pastor Chuck Smith, basically encouraged us: look, simply teach the Bible simply. Hmm. And while you're doing that, why don't you go ahead and teach through the Bible? You know, like go ahead and. Uh, you know, do Genesis and all the way through to the book of Revelation. Well, so that's what I would do. Um, you know, Sunday mornings, I would just take my time and go, we went, did an overview. And I don't know if you know this, Ed, but there's a lot of Jews in the Bible. I mean, they're like, <laughs> they're everywhere. They start in Genesis and in Revelation, there's, you know, the, the apostles and the foundations and this and that. So you kind of fall in love. You, you kind of get this idea that God's big into this little people Israel, and yes. while 2,000 years ago when the you know Romans came and uh, destroyed the temple and Jews were scattered uh, to the four corners of the earth, a lot of people thought, well, that's it. Now the Church has replaced the Jews and Israel, and God's done with them, and uh, there were a few over the uh, centuries that said, well, i got a feeling God's not done. He says He's going to bring them back, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a resurrection. So in 1948, uh, when Israel became a nation, you know, there's never been a people that lost their homeland for 2,000 years, and then suddenly came back to the place where they all began, and the nation is born again. So uh, God prophesied it, you know, with the Hebrew prophet Ezekiel. It happened in, that, in our generation, about 70 years ago to be exact, uh, in 1948, and so 
one of the exciting things that we learn uh, from the Word and from our pastor and ultimately from the Bible is Israel is God's witness and sign of what time it is. And I believe that we're living in such radical times geopolitically, domestically, internationally, economically, because we are near the second coming and return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, it, it, it has just grown uh, within me, and, and it's almost like, you know, now reading the newspapers and seeing the headlines and what's going on, um, uh, you know, God's Word is coming to pass right before our eyes. Right before our eyes. And and so you set out, on, this isn't the first book you've written, but it's the first book in this series uh, yes. that's entitled On the Mountain of the Lord. Maybe you can kind of walk us through what the title means and what's the series about and give us a little uh, insight. Okay, well, uh, you know, I'll start by saying that I, I had a divine meeting, and you know how this goes in your life. When you seek the Lord, honor the Lord, He gives you divine appointments. And I met a lady that I had looked up to and, and read her books along with her husband. Um, so it's Bodie Taney and Brock Taney. They have written some 70 historic novels in their career, um, and with a you know background of Israel from first century to 1948, the regathering of the Jewish people. And I'd read their books, and she was like a rock star. And then I met her, and Ed, I was getting ready to write another prophecy book, like the last one that you and I talked about four years ago, The Holy Land Key, yeah. My Trips to Israel, Meeting Netanyahu, Words of Prophecy Delivered to Him, and all, you know, meeting Jewish believers, Arab believers, Palestinian believers. And so I wrote about all that, and I was getting ready to write kind of a, you know, a second version, you know, update. There's so many things that have happened the last four years prophetically. Mm-hmm. But my wife said, hey, you know, now that you've met Bodhi, have you ever thought about a fiction book? And I was like, no, I, I can't write fiction. And by the way, she's never written with anybody else, so I'm, no, I, I, I don't know. And, but then I asked my son, you know, he asked me about my book, and he goes, oh, what are you writing? I said, well, kind of a Holy Land Key 2 book. Um, and I, he went, oh, that's nice, or that's good. And I go, well, wait a minute, what do you mean? He goes, no, 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 it's good. He goes, I'll read it. He goes, but my generation is not going to read it. I go, what do you mean, Sean? He goes, well, look, you know, you guys grew up with the Bible, prophecy, and Chuck, and all of that stuff. He goes, but my generation, all we know is that Israel is this big nuclear power with, the, you know, one of the best armies in the world, that Palestinians are throwing sticks and stones, and it just doesn't seem fair, and that's as deep as they go. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to read, you know, they, they don't know the history, they don't know the prophecy, they don't know the background, they don't know all the events that have happened, and he goes, I just think it might be a good idea you know, like your wife, <laughs> Vicky said that maybe you would write a, a, a story and take people on a journey. Um, so I called Bodie up and I said, look, you know, I know we just met, I'm a pastor here in San Diego, and, you know, I was wondering, would you guys ever consider writing a book with me? Because they've never written about modern times in Israel, prophetically, hmm. with a novel. So they said, they didn't say no, and they said, well, let us pray about it. And they came back and said, you know what, the Lord told us to go for it. I think what they did is they kind of checked me out. <laughs> and they found out, okay, he's not so crazy, and uh, and so we did it. That was about a year and a half ago, and so we just came out with it. And it's basically a story of a young guy named Jack Garrison. He's in his early 30s. He doesn't. He goes, look, I don't believe in old men with beards walking the deserts in ancient times, thousands of years ago, with visions of how to solve modern problems. 
And what happens to this young man, because he's on a, you know, a committee to bring policy and peace to the Middle East, he ends up going to the Holy Land, and he goes on a journey of dreams and visions that take him to the mountaintops of the Lord. So that's where the title of the story comes from. Because um, all, all of God's prophetic, you know, big prophetic acts have happened on mountains. You know, you got Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, you got uh, Mount Carmel, fire from heaven with Elijah, you got the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Mount of Olives, and ultimately you've got, right now, the most holy real estate on the earth is called the Temple Mount. It's the Mountain of the Lord. So uh, it's the most controversial, uh, you know, piece of land on the earth. That's where Jesus is coming back. So that's the title of the book, and, you know, you read it. Yes. So, tell me what you know. Tell, tell everybody what you thought of it. Well, I I really enjoy I really enjoy good uh, Christian fiction. I, I enjoy fiction, you know, because we're dealing in the in the realm of reality and pain and hurt and difficulties all the mm-hmm. time. Fiction uh, is one of those routes that, and I'm I'm especially drawn to biblical fiction in the sense that mm-hmm. it's tied together with some reality and. And, uh, and so I got one of the advanced copies that you sent to me and I, I sat down to read it in my big Barnes and Noble leather chair in my office. Nice. And, uh, and it took me no less than a couple days to finish it. It reads straight through and it keeps you, it keeps you, not only does it keep you, uh, turning the page, but it also at the end, uh, causes you to be anticipate, <laughs> anticipating what's the next story, what's next turning around the corner. And, uh, and so if you guys are just joining us on, uh, on the radio today, uh, we have a guest, Pastor Ray Bentley. Uh, he is a pastor at Maranatha Chapel in San Diego, California. He's also a teacher here on Grace FM, maybe some of the other stations that carries Calvary Live. And he just wrote a book. It's called On the Mountain of the Lord. And so we encourage you, go to amazon.com and and put in Ray Bentley, Pastor Ray Bentley. Not only will you see this book, but you also come across some of the other books that that he has written. And strongly encourage you uh, to tune in to his Bible teachings as well. I know the Lord will use them. Uh, and you know he has a Colorado connection. You guys on Grace FM, um, because his son pastors a Lighthouse Church in. Parker, Colorado, Daniel. And so Daniel's been out here, wow, he's probably been out here for seven, eight years? Yeah, I think it's nine now. Nine I years. Mean, time flies, yeah. It's just it's so fast, great. and uh, wow. And so is it, when when you sat down to write this book, is it was uh, just a divine appointment? I like that. I wrote that down, you know, as you're, as you're uh, living uh, in grace, abiding in Christ, you're, you're, you're living out your daily life, depending upon the Lord. He just puts these divine appointments. He's, yes. He puts these uh, divine circumstances that, that bring about his perfect will uh, that, that we see. And I, so I wrote that down. I like that. I just want to, one of the things just listening to you is like, I want to be looking for them. Uh, mm. I, I want to be anticipating them, like not not like just being open, like that. Maybe I haven't right. been so open to that lately. Um, but anyway, see, just this phone call is really edifying. Oh, thank you, Ed. Um, well, you know, you're you're a divine appointment too. Uh, you are a divine appointment as a man of God, as a pastor, husband, father, um, and I just I, I really thank God for you and for what you're doing for your. Uh, state and community, let alone the larger body of Christ across the country. Well, it's a it's a great privilege to serve the Lord. That's for sure, because we know what we deserve. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's true. Thank God he doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us mercy, which is awesome. So because this is a passion of yours and uh, that you are a a prophecy, a student of prophecy, um, Mm. it's so much so that you've written books. Like, what's, in a nutshell, it's a big question, but in a nutshell, what's the role of modern Israel in prophecy? And, And then there's always this discussion about Israel and America and any type of connection there. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. And, you know, um, when Jesus was telling his disciples, because he was explaining to them, look, I'm, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to rise from the dead, but then I'm going to, uh, you know, go to my Father, and I will return. Um, and in Matthew 24, he started outlining, because they're saying, well, what, when is that going to happen? What's the sign of your coming? Tell us what it's like. So Jesus goes into great detail. It's a, you know, fascinating to read, uh, as well as to teach uh, the various you know, apocalyptic, cataclysmic, world-changing events that begin to happen uh, that Jesus outlines, many of which are happening right now. But in the middle of all that, Jesus says, no, uh, learn a parable from the fig tree. When its branches are tender and it begins to put forth leaves, you know summer is near. Even so, when you see these things begin to happen, know this, my coming is near, I'm at the door. Mm. Well, so, okay, he's saying it's a parable, the parable of the fig tree. What he means is the fig tree uh, represents something. It's a picture of something. And when you go into the scriptures uh, in the Old Testament, uh, God calls Israel my vine and my fig tree uh, many times, you know, that it comes up. And so many Bible teachers, prophecy uh, experts and so forth, have, have really realized that the rebirth, the modern rebirth of Israel that happened in 1948, amazingly, right after World War I, and World War II, uh, and the Holocaust, um, you know, because when Jesus said nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, uh, many people don't realize that's a Hebrew idiom for world wars. You know, he goes, look, yes, there's going to be wars, and rumors of wars, that's not a sign of the end of the age. But basically he said, but when you see world wars, he goes, then you better start paying attention. And then he laid into the world wars, the fig tree blossoming, well, World War II ended in 1945, and the horror of the Holocaust finally began to manifest to the world. And and who would have ever dreamed that three years after Hitler had this, you know, the final solution, we need to uh, destroy every last living Jew from the planet of the Earth, and he killed some six million of them. Who would have ever dreamed three years later, which is obviously a very significant number related to Jesus Christ, in 1948? Uh, that Israel would be born again. And to me, uh, Ed, you know, what God is saying, a lot of people, you know, I'm glad you're a Christian, you're a pastor, and I am, and I love the people who go to church. But there's there's lots of people that don't go to church. What sermon are they going to hear? And I believe that the nation of Israel, and their being born again, and this tiny little nation, no bigger than the the size of New Jersey, being still on the front pages of the major newspapers and magazines and news sites and, and in the capitals and countries around the world. What, why? Um, what God is saying, it's, Israel's a sermon to the world. He says, look, I 
said what would happen to them. I predicted what would happen to them. And then I prophesied that I would raise them up after two days. And Peter says, look, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day. So in a sense, you could say that Israel had been dead two days, and now at the beginning of the third day, or the beginning of the third millennium, now they've been raised up. So to me, Israel is like a worldwide, global, visible, living sermon that God says, look, if I can raise a nation from the dead, it proves I can raise the dead. And I did raise the dead in my son 2,000 years ago. So Israel becomes like a mirror, in a way, pointing to Jesus Christ, the Savior, and Jesus becomes a mirror of Israel. And the fact that, you know, for 2,000 years there was no Israel. Right. So I understand why the Church and a lot of people start, you know, after 500 years there's no Israel, 1,000 years, 1,500 years, 1,700 years. It's like, come on. We can't take these prophecies. Literally, this must be some kind of metaphor, it's a symbol, uh, and so the Church replaced Israel. But now, since 1948, that's through a monkey wrench into that whole system of thinking, and man, it, it's just been a wide-open, exciting uh, journey for us to realize we could be living in the very days that would see the personal, visible return of Jesus Christ to the earth. It's very exciting days, and I think that that, that lack of, of covering a couple things, you know, the re- replacement theology uh, that sort of dismisses the role of Israel um, in, in biblical prophecy and in the whole plan of God, uh, it, it really disrupts, a, uh, it, that, that view really disrupts the entirety of the full plan of God, uh, combined with uh, a lack of consistent Bible teaching, um, even if it was just through whole books of the Bible to get the full context, let alone the whole Bible, uh, has really led people to view Israel politically, even believers, rather than biblically. Uh, right. And... And so it's good that it's good that you're that you're committed that through your commitment and many others uh, that you're through your commitment not only are you putting out books like you did um, re- relaying uh, and outlining sp- significant specific biblical prophecies, but then this book you know so Sean was spot on in in being able to deliver um, the the essence of theology through narrative which which is such a novel. It's it, no pun intended. <laughs> it's such a novel idea. Very, very good. Because that's what Jesus did. Uh, Jesus used so much of his narrative to deliver to to deliver theological truth. You know, I I was thinking the other day. You know, just as he would. Some we're, we're still in in uh, summertime here, uh, although things are starting to wind down. The leaves are, but everything's still green, uh, and the flowers are so vibrant and. And my wife has these flower pots that never really did blossom until we got the sprinkler, the drip system, which, by the way, was invented by the Israelis. The, the drip system that fit in these big flower pots on our garage, they're so green, they're so lush, they're so beautiful, they're so filled with um, gorgeous colors, uh, and and the the reality of how of how God is able to bring such vibrancy. And Jesus looks at him and he says, hey, you know what? You see, you know, the flowers, he would be looking on the mountainside going, hey, Solomon wasn't even dressed as beautiful yeah. as these flowers. And what a what a theological truth of God's provision and how he cares for us. So uh, I know that we scheduled only uh, a half hour. Do you have any extra time maybe to take some calls on the other end of the, the show? Sure. 
sure. Okay, good. So we've got a few minutes before we go into the break, but um, let me give the phone number out for you guys. If you just joined us, uh, we have special guest, Pastor Ray Bentley from Maranatha Chapel. He just uh, published another book. It's called On the Mountain of the Lord. It's a it's part of a three-book series, uh, and the series is, is it called the, what, what's the series called? It's called the Elijah Chronicles, and that's the, uh, the interesting character that comes on the scene to take Jack yes. on a journey of dreams and visions, literally. Uh, that's kind of the hook we use in the book is, and I believe, honestly, there's a lot of people that are having dreams and visions, or they're seeing, you know, the, what the Bible calls the handwriting on the wall. Yes. Uh, and and so now they're like, okay, what does this mean? What is this saying to us? What's going on? Where are we? What's up? What's happening? Yeah, it's a real. People like to um, take advantage of dreams uh, and try to give them interpretations outside the biblical construct. But we know we know that that it is a promise of God in the last days to communicate through dreams to grab attention, yep. even if he's doing throughout the Islamic world today, um, yes. throughout the Middle East. And uh, it's very exciting, and I know that um, uh, I know that that reading through this book not only will be an exciting ride on the storyline, but the truths that are shared, the biblical truths that are shared mm-hmm. along the way, will also be a tremendous spiritual hook into your life uh, to stand in awe, really, and sit in awe of the God, you know, because uh, a lot of times within, within our movement, uh, Calvary Chapel, and maybe even those that are, are pro-prophecy, pro-Israel, the, the accusation will often come, or the little bit of a dig is, is, is something along the lines of, you know, you guys are just worshiping prophecy, and you're just overemphasizing prophecy, but it's not true. Um, we worship the God of prophecy. That's, prophecy yeah. leads us to the one that spoke it, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love my wife with all that I have, and and when she says something nice to me or has some kind word, uh, and I emphasize those words, it, it's not the words, uh, it's not the words that are as significant as the one that shared them. Yeah. And and I think that's definitely uh, this book on the on the mountain of the Lord. It's book number one of a three-book series that Pastor Ray Bentley has done in cooperation with a very uh, proficient novel author, Bodhi Taney, um, and you mentioned earlier, 70 historic um, novels, uh, historic yeah. biblical novels that, that she's written. And she, she, you, you can see the flow. God has just gifted her uh, to write oh, along the ways that keep you moving and keep you interested in the characters. Yeah, she is a phenomenal storyteller, uh, and her husband, Brock, is kind of the research historian, geography, names, history events, you know, to fact-check all of that. So it's, it's filled, chock-full, uh, not only of a great story and a great read, but history, uh, geography. It starts in London and ends in Jerusalem. And, uh, and then all the prophetic stuff that happens, the dreams and visions, and, you know, they've already sold 35 million copies of their books. So I'm, I'm at the end of their wagon, in a sense. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's a real honor and a privilege yes. to be with professionals. And, and man, they're spirit-filled. And boy, do they get uh, the, the Word and prophecy. And Bodhi's got a Jewish connection and her family tree background. So her appreciation of the Hebrew roots of Scripture and prophecy, I mean, it, it was just a perfect blend and a perfect fit. So 
man, go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or Goodreads or whatever, and, and, and you guys are going to have a great time. All right. If you just joined us, we're coming up on the first and only break of our program today. On the line with us from San Diego is Pastor Ray Bentley. Just wrote a new book, On the Mountain of the Lord, and we definitely wanted to let you know about it. We wanted you to uh, to get it. So go to where you purchase books, and if the store that you go to doesn't have it, ask them to order it for you or get it online. Uh, in the second half, we're going to talk a little bit more about prophecy, and we already see a call here from New Jersey. Uh, and so we'll take that call. You guys call us 303-690-3000. We'll be right back with Pastor Ray Bentley. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. You're tuned in to Calvary Live. The same time, Monday through Friday, we take your calls and your questions talking about uh, what does the Bible have to say about things? Praying together, uh, being encouraged in the things of the Lord. On occasion, we'll we'll interview someone and talk about something special that's happening. And in just a few moments, we'll get back to our interview with Pastor Ray Bentley. Uh, if you listen to Grace FM on a regular basis, you guys are the night owls. Um, Pastor Ray currently has a slot on Grace FM at 2.30 a.m. Monday through Friday. And also, he's on Grace FM 5.30 on Sunday nights, and just on a personal level, you know, when I was uh, when I was a new believer for many years. I mean, I lived uh, as an as a believer for eight years. I grew up in Southern California, and uh, you know, my whole life. But I was saved there for eight years before we moved to Colorado, and and I did a lot of commuting. I drove my off. I had offices all over, and was on the road a lot uh, commuting and. Uh, I was often on the road in the evening time, like 7, 7.30, and uh, Pastor Ray is uh, on the radio there. Really, K-Wave, that Pastor Chuck Smith uh, had the privilege of purchasing for Southern California, became some of the seeds of hope for us here in Colorado to bring something similar uh, to uh, Colorado that we ended up naming Grace FM, and and just want to put it out there and to put the Word of God out there verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, every day, all day, every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, every year now, for almost eight years um, to throughout Colorado. And um, and we're, we're blessed to have Pastor Ray here. And just by way of uh, uh, reminder too, uh, Pastor Ray, although he's teaching uh, and pastoring since 1984, at least Maranatha Chapel uh, in San Diego, uh, his son uh, has been here in Colorado, here in the metro area, uh, for almost nine years now uh, at a church called Lighthouse Parker, uh, and he's taught here at Calvary Aurora a few times, uh, and and we've had some uh, relationship with him on Grace FM, so just the Lord's doing a great work. Uh, we're very grateful to be a part of it, and we have uh, full phone lines, 
And so let me bring Ray back. I'll put him on hold, Kevin, and I'll give it to you from there. And so, Ray, with all that introduction, I just wanted to welcome you back again. Oh, man, it's great to be with you, Ed. And uh, so some of our technology here isn't as advanced as we would desire. So in taking some of these calls, uh, Kevin's going to help me. So I'm going to put you on hold, and then we're going to test it out. All right? Okay. All right, so let me put him on hold, and then... Did I do it right? Did you get it? Uh, I don't know. So maybe he's not on hold. Are you still there, Ray? I'm still here. Okay, so it didn't click. It won't let me put him on hold, bro. All right, so let me see. Let me see if we can. Um, let me see if. Okay, there it goes. Okay, I'm going to take Jerry. So should I hit Jerry? Okay, we didn't test this, so we're all doing it. Okay, Jerry. Um, Hi, you're calling you? from New Jersey, and I'm sorry that you we aren't going to be able to have you both on the same time. So why don't you go ahead and ask your question, and then Kevin's going to bring Ray back and just stay on the line because you 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 have to be on the line to hear it. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, and I enjoy your uh, program on Hope on Friday night. Oh, we're blessed. Enjoy your preaching, and sometimes I want to kind of move where you're at. I love your preaching and stuff like that. So my question is, I'm really big on prophecy, and I love all that. Um, My question is, someone that is living for the Lord now and has been serving the Lord, but they they reject God and they walk away and go back to their old lifestyle, then the rapture happens, and if they're left behind... Do they have uh, another opportunity to receive the Lord, to come back to him during the tribulation, or is it because they had their chance here that oh. it doesn't happen then? Okay, Jerry, let's uh, let's turn over to Pastor Ray. Ray, what do you think? Okay, well, first of all, I want to say that is a great question, and especially people that love their family and their friends, and they, they're wondering, man, what is, what is going to happen and what's going to take place with those people? So uh, let me just say that we've got good news uh, for you and for your family and friends, because during the tribulation and Revelation, the book of Revelation starts to unleash, unloose these seals um, in Revelation chapter 6, and uh, all of these things, these uh, judgments and various things begin to take place uh, during that final period of tribulation before the second coming. And then in Revelation chapter 7, uh, a mystery unfolds where there are 144,000 that are sealed from the 12 tribes of Israel, and, you know, 12,000 from each tribe. So many have talked about this number in 144,000, and unfortunately many people think, oh, they must be the only ones that get saved or delivered uh, during the tribulation. But no, because in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, after these things, so after all of this, after all these judgments and these seals, um, after even these uh, 144,000 are kind of divinely sealed and protected, after these things, I looked. And behold, there was a great multitude, which no one could number. And they were from all nations, all tribes, all peoples, all tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. 
They're clothed with white robes, palm branches in their hands, crying out, salvation belongs under a God, and they begin to worship the Lord. And, um, you know, they're wondering, well, who are these? You know, one of the elders answered and said, um, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And therefore, they are before the throne of God. And so I believe that there's going to be a tremendous amount of people that will get saved, uh, that will be, you know, born again. That, that Right now, they're not. They're doing their own thing. They're walking their own way. Um, but I believe that during that tribulation, one of the purposes is not just, you know, judgment and annihilation, but it is really a judgment that leads to repentance. Um, and so I think maybe the, the greatest harvest of all time is what God squeezes out of those final years of the tribulation uh, in preparation for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's a great question. Thanks, Jerry, for uh, connecting. We're going to go back to the phone lines, and let's see who we're picking up. Uh, we're going to have a call from... Uh, Rhonda is calling from Colorado Springs. Rhonda, welcome to the program. Hi, uh, Pastor Ed. Um, so my question is, um, my husband, uh, when I first met him, uh, he was very much into Bible prophecy, and he had a lot of books, and uh, prophecy Bible, and um, he's kind of gotten wrapped up into watching um, what are supposed Christians um television shows or kind of like, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of like a news report um, where they talk about um, up-and-coming things. Um, they talk a lot about UFOs, and um, I'm not, every time I watch these programs with them, it just brings a lot of anxiety on. And is this, is this biblical? Like, I know that there's, like, new technology, but they, they talk about, like, nanotechnology and, like, androids and <laughs> just really far out, like, sci-fi type of stuff. And they kind of try to spin it into a, that it's part of biblical, like, part of Revelation, you know, um, I try to tie it in. And um, if that's the truth, then, um, you know, is this something that, we should be preparing for, like aliens, or, you know, I don't feel like that is biblical at all. Um, okay, like well, let's, let's uh, since we can't have you on at the same time, um, we're going to bring Pastor Ray back on. Ray, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know which shows, and it's probably good that I don't know the exact ones, uh, but I, I have seen, you know, similar and some of those that are delving into, you know, look, this is, this is a reality that is happening, uh, technology, uh, robots, artificial intelligence uh, is exponentially growing to such a degree it's invading our lives. You know, you've got Alexa in a lot of people's homes that sounds like, you know, listens to our conversations. Right. Everything seems to be captured on film or video, you know, so uh, privacy has gone in many ways out the window. And then you've got the whole thing of people trying to figure out, well, what is the number that everybody gets stamped with, and what does that mean? So I guess in a bigger, broader sense, I understand uh, a, an interest and, and maybe a, a fascination, and I think there's an ancillary 
you know, relation to some of those things and what the Bible says prophetically, and, and I can understand people's fascination and wanting to put those things together. You know, I want to say, though, that, um, you know, priority and important, um, you know, you, you want to make sure, and especially in these times, and, and I think this will echo Ed's uh, pastoral heart as well, you cannot replace fellowship, uh, time spent directly studying the Word, studying Scripture, studying Bible prophecy, and then relating everything into that uh, with, you know, social media uh, and, and just, you know, some form of, um, uh, and, and, you know, enticement into all of those things. So I guess the question is, where, is there balance? Is there, you know, are we really engaged with real people in real relationships, living in real community, bearing one another's burdens, praying for one another, encouraging one another, loving one another, uh, let alone not just going and sitting at church, but what are your gifts and calling? Are you serving? You know, Jesus said that we're going to be looked at. We're all going to stand before him one day, and we're not going to be asked how much did we know or how much did we anticipate of what he said prophetically, but what did we do with what we knew? And, and our works are going, to go, are going to be tried by fire. And some of it is wood and hay and stubble and didn't really produce or bear any fruit, uh, and those things would be burned up and consumed. But if there's anything that was, you know, uh, you know loving, uh, that was, as Jesus said, I was hungry, you fed me, I was naked, you clothed me, I was in prison, you visited me, I was sick, you prayed for me. Um, there has to be some—I just hope that people don't get lost in their heads while the world is, you know, literally suffering and, uh, you know, falling apart at the seams. Uh, the priority has got to be real fellowship, daily communion, spending time on our face before the Lord in prayer, and then, uh, you know, a real living church house community that we're engaged with. So, um, I don't know, Ed, do you have anything to add to that? Or You know, technology you, definitely is, uh, the rapid expanse and increase of technology definitely speaks to the end times, and um, I think part of the, uh, part of the essence of uh, the 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 instruction of knowledge increasing has to do with technology. I, I don't think it's just our knowledge of prophecy, although that is applicable. That's definitely increasing in the last days. But just the wealth of knowledge and the inf- the amount of information that's accessible. I mean, we have a word Google now that's a verb, uh, and 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 they they we use it as a verb to find information and so when i'm watching shows i am not familiar with this show although you know some of the weird imaginations are using technology uh, and abusing technology in a in a fascinating way i was thinking that one of the one of the realms of community and fellowship and the life the life of the church is is that the bible says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment but he who is fears has not been made has not been made perfect in love, and and these things do kind of instill a fear. I could hear a little bit in your voice, you know, Rhonda, that there is a fear. Do we need to worry about these things? And what are the concerns with these things? And yet, that that abiding relationship, that moment by moment relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, who loves us, who saved us, He's already done the most impossible thing with our lives that that could only be done by him. And that would be to redeem us and give us new life and make us new creations and forgive us of our sins. 
um, he will certainly be able to help us navigate through uh, the muddy waters of technology. I always think as, as crazy as things get, um, one of the encouraging things that I remember, Rhonda, is that I was born in this time. God put me on the planet in this time for this reason. Uh, and, and whatever it is that I'm going to face in this culture, whatever it is my kids are going to face, whatever it is my grandson's going to face in this culture, uh, in the culture that they grew up in, this is our preordained time. And, and we really have nothing to fear because in the broader scope of things, as I think back of, uh, of you know, known history, um, God in his word has outlived every challenge that has ever come to God, to, to himself and his sure and steadfast word. So good stuff. Uh, we're going to go on to the next call. So we only have a couple lines open at the time. So when you hear somebody hang up, grab the line. Uh, we're on the on the phone today with Pastor Ray Bentley. I uh, don't want to lose the fact that we have him on today to remind you of a brand new book that he wrote, On the Mountain of the Lord. It is available right now on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, where you get your books. It is a novel that is uh, based in... Um, it starts in London, ends in Jerusalem, and it it follows uh, it follows a man as he discovers um, the revelation of God as it comes to him in dreams and visions. It's a fascinating book. Um, definitely want to get it. It's the first of three, and Pastor Ray, who pastors Maranatha Chapel in San Diego, uh, actually partnered with Bodie Taney, who you know, along with her husband uh, Brock has written 70 historic novels, and so biblically historic novels. Amazing stuff. God's, God, This is a divine appointment. Um, but we're also, because Pastor Ray has such a heart and passion for Israel, for, uh, for prophecy, uh, he just finished uh, a, a tour of Israel uh, with, um, with um, Anne Graham Lotz and her group, and just so much. We wanted to open the lines in the second half, uh, and we see that there's great interest uh, on any Bible prophecy question. So we're not able to have everyone on the line at the same time. That's why uh, we're working it to get you on the line, then we have to put you on hold so that Pastor Ray can answer the question. So we're going to go to Bianca. Bianca's from Aurora, Colorado. Bianca, if you could get your question out quickly, that would be great. Yes. So my question is, uh, I know that the Bible says that all Israel will be saved and all that stuff, and I'm just kind of curious as to maybe what exactly, or I'm, I don't know if uh, maybe you get the gist of my question. I can't really. So, Bianca, the, the, Kevin said in the question that uh, um, you want to know more about the role of Israel in prophecy. Is that, is that something that Pastor Ray could speak to? Yes. Okay. As let's... to when all Israel will be saved. Okay, let's do that. So put you on hold, and we'll bring Pastor Ray back up. Uh, Ray, this specific question on when will all Israel be saved? What do you think? That that's a great question, and uh, I, I realize that we're on radio. We've got limited time, so that's a that's a big <laughs> that's a big topic. But let me summarize as best I can by saying that God has not given up on his people. Uh, Paul echoes that, especially in the book of Romans, chapters 9 through 11. He's not 
forsaken them. He has not given up on them. Of course, it was all Jews who wrote the New Covenant, uh, you know, in the, in the New Testament, um, uh, except for maybe Luke. So uh, they, are play, they play an extremely important role uh, during the last 2,000 years. The remnant of those who know and believe and have had the revelation that Jesus Messiah but we also believe there's a national kind of salvation coming. And, you know, while we can't say that, you know, every individual will be saved, whether they're Jewish or Gentile, um, we can say that God has a plan for the nations. God has a purpose for the Church and the Gentiles from every nation in that. He also has a purpose and a plan nationally for Israel. He has resurrected them. He has brought them back into existence. Um, he is the one that is overseeing what's happening. There is a, uh, a remnant, uh, you know, right now, a kind of a healthy, growing remnant of Jewish people in Israel that are retaining their Jewish identity and yet saying, you know, it's been revealed to me that Yeshua of Nazareth is, was, is, and, and will forever be our Messiah. And there are even young people that are growing up as local Israelis and born there and speak Hebrew and serve in the uh, military, and yet they are vibrant members of the Jewish community and, uh, and, and government and teachers and police and IDF, and yet they, they love Jesus, and they're, they're sharing that witness. And that community, in many ways, um, has grown exponentially in the, within the last century, especially the last seven years, and then you have the prophecy in Zechariah chapters uh, uh, 12 through 14, where when the Messiah is finally revealed from heaven, they shall look upon him whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only begotten Son. And Jesus said, they, you know, I will not come back until they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So whereas uh, Jesus' first coming, he was rejected politically from the national top, I believe that will be reversed in the second coming in some way at the very end um, that the leadership even of Israel uh, will acknowledge the, the Messiahship and the Lordship of Jesus, and, and in some amazing way all Israel will be saved. We'll find out exactly what that means when it actually unfolds before us. But I think that we, we have a great—we're uh, living in some exciting times. We really are, and you know, Bianca is a sister in our church who has a deep, deep heart for Israel, and um, she has overcome so much in her life, Ray. She's blind, and uh, and is able to get to church just about every service, and God has birthed in her a brand new heart for Israel, and one of her dreams, you could pray for her, and maybe you could pray for her right now, is for her, she wants to travel to Israel one day. Oh, man, Yeah. Well, Father, I just want to come before you in, in the name of Jesus. I know that uh, those who delight themselves in the Lord uh, shall be given the desires of their heart. And it sounds like this sister has truly done that. Her, uh, she delights in you and in your plans and your purpose and your people and the land that you came to and visited. And it's holy land because Jesus walked there. Uh, it's where you taught. It's where you lived. It's where the kingdom of heaven literally flowed out of your mouth whenever you spoke and taught. Uh, the power of the kingdom of heaven flowed through your hands uh, as you would touch people, yes. uh, as you would give commands. And so, Lord, I pray you would bless her and give her the dreams and the desire of her heart that she would be able to walk in that precious holy place 
and experience your presence and your glory, and even bless her here and now for the desire that she has for that. In Jesus' mighty, wonderful name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Bianca. Hey, just in the few minutes we have left in the show, I wanted to remind everyone, especially if you just joined us, uh, we are, we're talking with Pastor Ray Bentley today. He's the pastor at Maranatha Chapel in San Diego, and uh, he just wrote a book. It's been out for a few weeks now. It's called On the Mountain of the Lord. It is a novel uh, that is both uh, gripping and um, filled with insights on Bible prophecy. And one of the things, Ray, that you mention and you like to say is everything means something. Everything means something. What do you mean by that? You know, that's great. Uh, it's something that Bodhi has said. It's something that I have adopted and, and have been sharing. There are no coincidences. Uh, everything that happens in your life, even as I told the story of, you know, by chance I met uh, Brock and Bodhi. It's like, um, you know, the story of Ruth. And by chance she happened on the field of a man named Boaz, the most wealthy, eligible, single bachelor in the land of Israel. Well, the idea is that it wasn't by chance. It was by design. It was by the providence of God. And I, I, I loved at your attitude that I believe that probably seven times more than we realize on a weekly basis, uh, God is bringing divine circumstances and divine people and appointments uh, and information across our path that's it's from him. It's a, everything has meaning, has significance, and the meaning behind it is always motivated by the love of God for us. He he constantly is walking with us, watching over us, protecting us, wanting to warn us of you know don't go here. It could be that way. It could be here's a uh, a person that you need to meet. You need to get to know them. Hear their story. They've got something they're going to bring to you or uh, give to you or that you have for them. And so, yeah, everything has meaning. And it's a great joy, the more you walk with the Lord, to realize, wow, Lord, um, this is multi-layered, multifaceted. Every day becomes extremely thrilling and exciting. I'm literally walking a supernatural life journey with you. I like that. We're literally walking a supernatural life journey. Um, Amen. Because the, the, the weights and the cares and the concerns of life, the difficulties that the consequences of sin and and just the realities of of the darkness of this age tend to bring our minds to an earthly existence and we forget that there is a supernatural empowerment in our lives that's a good word <sighs> so any final thoughts before we head off into the evening in our bible studies um my final thought is um you know, we just celebrated, Ed, uh, something for you guys to think about and consider maybe next year. But, you know, the Feast of the Lord, um, the Church has done a great job celebrating the first four of the seven feasts in the Bible, Passover to Pentecost. Jesus fulfilled all of them on the very date. Well, there's three feasts left, and they're all in the fall, and the whole book of Revelation is about the three final feasts being fulfilled. And the next one to be fulfilled is the Feast of Trumpets. Mm. And I really think that uh, God is, you know, God told Moses, I want you to make two silver trumpets, blow those silver trumpets every time it's time to move, to get ready, wake up, and we're moving the camp. And I believe the rapture is very soon on the radar of God. And, and the two trumpets in his mouth, one is Israel, is his trumpet 
to wake up a sleeping world. And the other trumpet is the church, made up of both Jew and Gentile. And he's blowing both of those silver trumpets, trying to get us to wake up and to realize, because he said, look, when you begin to see all of these things happen, not after they've all happened and you put a check by each one in the box, when they begin to take place, he said, lift up your head, for your redemption draws near. As he said about the parable of the fig tree, he said, know this, my coming is near, I'm at the door. Mm -hmm. So what an exciting hour to be awake and alive. Um, You know, we just Monday night had a packed house full of people, talked about the rapture, the coming of the Lord for his church. It's time to wake up, hear the sound of the trumpet, be alive spiritually and living for the Lord like never before. And um, uh, it was an exciting evening. So praise God. Praise the Lord. Thanks for your investing your time here uh, on Calvary Live, bro. Hey, my pleasure. Ed. You're always easy to talk to. <laughs> You've got such a great spirit and a, a wise heart. I, I can see why God gave you such great gifts and abilities and opportunities, uh, and thank you for your faithfulness to the flock. Thank you, my brother. Have a great service. All right, bye-bye. All right, we got uh, seconds left. Seconds left. Uh, come out to service tonight, 7 p.m. We're back in Second Kings, studying the Word together, worshiping, communion, praying together. God has something for you. Calvary Aurora, Hampton Tower. Get get Pastor Ray's book on the Mountain of the Lord. God bless you guys. See you soon. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.